0: Hey, night owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this is March, which is like one of the best months, you know, because it's birthday month. Birthday month. So
1: good. You gotta celebrate the whole month.
0: If you don't celebrate the whole month, you should try it. It'll improve your
1: life. That's all I'm saying. My family calls March the month of Rachel, and my brother has a birthday in March. We just kind of, he gets the last three days.
0: Oh, poor guy. (laughs) He's
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. Yeah. Also, Rachel turns 30
0: this year, so oh my uh, god, I don't even remind me. I, I can't believe it.
1: that's coming up. It's like sneaking up on me so fast. That's why you gotta celebrate the whole month because then it's not so sad. I feel like time stopped in 2020. Like I don't think any of the birthdays have counted actually. So Agreed. I'm gonna be 28 again. <laughs>
0: Agreed. I am okay with that because <laughs> yep. Yep,
1: governor shut it down.
0: Three days. Everything before paused. Our Calendars count. please <laughs> open it back up. Three days before my <laughs> birthday this year. So lucky you. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I'll be 29 again. Yes. yes. I love it. My, uh, my step grandpa always says he's going to be 19 on his next birthday. He just stopped celebrating them after 18. So he'll always be 19 on his next birthday. As long as you don't celebrate them, that's the trick. Oh, I don't <laughs> know that I could not celebrate it though. I was like, wow, it's a lot of years to not celebrate, but I get it. I guess <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's a big commitment. I can't do it.
1: Ugh. I like my birthday too much. It's a no.
0: Agreed. Anyways, if y'all have been around long enough, you know what we do. We send each other books for our birthday that we think that we'll like. Oh, there's my book notes. I wrote some book notes and then lost them and just found them. Look at that. Birthday miracles do, do exist. Yay. So I'm going to jump right in with the book that Rachel got me. So I hope it, it was is, good. I'm very excited. Yes. So it's one of my favorite authors, which is exciting. So I almost got it for me. Ooh. Wish You Were Here by Jody Bacot, which also I've been calling it a mm, Me decades. too yeah and then I she French of, uh, probably I don't know And I started listening to it because I was like running out of time and work was crazy and that's how the narrator said it was Paco. so I don't know if the narrator's right or I'm right
1: sorry Jody, if we've been saying it wrong all these years I'm yeah, sure I everybody bet. does though to be there's fair a,
0: there's a ULT in there I don't know how to say that stuff <laughs> yeah so More anyway let wish you were here um it is set it starts in March of 2020 I know. I love it. It is very much a COVID pandemic book, which I forgot that. I guess I didn't even really realize what it was when they gave it to me. And I was like, oh, start reading it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. So it starts. Our main character is Diana. She lives in New York. Yeah. She lives in New York city with her boyfriend Finn. And they're going to leave on like a two week vacation to Isabel Island, which is in the Galapagos.
1: It's a mouthful, Uh, honestly.
0: Yeah. Oh, go. Every time uh, I read it, I like said it wrong, and I was like, "There are turtles
1: there." Yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: they're gonna leave for like a two week vacation, and they're supposed to leave on, like March fifteenth. And it's set in March. It's perfect. Yeah. It's so it works out so well. really perfect. Um, she. So Diana's thirty. She like had a whole plan for her life. Like, engaged by this day, married by this day, two kids, a dog, all the things. And she like found, she was like looking around for like to borrow a pair of socks and like found the ring. So she's like, okay, he's gonna ask me Woo! to marry him. We're on this vacation, how exciting. Um, she is a, works at like an art auction house. And she has also like just, so she's like not super high up. She wants to be really high up, she's got plans. But not super high up, but she like spoke to an artist when like her boss told her not to, and like pitched an idea on how to sell this beautiful painting. And the person loved it. And so, like, but the deal was like, she has to be the one in charge. Like her boss is like kind of mad at her, but kind of not. So and like this happened like the day before she's supposed to leave on this vacation. So she's like, Am I even gonna have a job when I get back in two weeks? Oh my gosh, all Cassie. these things. Cause the person who's gonna sell the art, I guess this happened like a little bit before that, because it was the day before she's supposed to leave on vacation. She gets a call from this person who's gonna sell the art. He's like, Hey, I wanna postpone on the auction because of covid she was like Mm. i'm just like kind of concerned because it's march 15th at this point right She's like i'm kind of yeah nobody knows what's going on yeah she's like i'm hearing things in like washington state and like italy all these things like i don't love the idea of a whole bunch of people coming into a room for something of mine and so that's why like diana's kind of like freaking out and then it's like they're all she's all packed up getting ready to go and like finn comes home from the hospital where he's a resident and he's like so um Yeah, I can't go. Like, I have to stay at work. Like, they are not letting anybody go. And she's like, "Hands on deck." Yeah, and she's like, "I thought it like wasn't that bad. I thought you said you only had like twelve patients." And he's like, "Yeah, but like all these things that we're seeing, like Washington, all these ones, these big hubs, and also like us looking back, like we know what happens. We know March fifteenth was the we know what's coming next. That was one of the last normal days any of us had." But is like, you should go anyways, like, cause they got, cause like, they don't have like a ton of money. They've been like saving up for all their life plans, right? The mm-hmm. two and a half kids, the dog, the house, all that stuff. And so but she had like found a deal on these ones. And so like, it's non-refundable, but they can get like mile points for his plane. But like the hotel stay and everything there is non-refundable. And he's right. like, You might as well go like, at least one of us can have fun. He's like, also like, I think I'd feel more safe if you like went for the two weeks. It's just two weeks, just two weeks, just two weeks. Just two weeks right um it's like I feel more the beginning of a
1: pandemic oh my god I'm scared already
0: <laughs> um he's like I'd feel safer you know if you weren't here while all this is happening mm-hmm. and she's like okay I guess I'll go sure, sure. so she gets on the plane as she goes she has to like take a little boat little ferry from the island to Isabel Island from like where her plane was and there's like her this like college age kid and this young like 11 year old girl who looks like she's been, like been crying and upset and she's like in a school uniform they're the only ones on the ferry going to Isabel Island they get there and there are a ton of tourists fighting to get on the ferry back off and Diana doesn't speak a lick of Spanish but it didn't matter because Finn was going to be there and he does and so oh. they're like talking at her and she's like I don't know anything and so the college kid is like uh they're saying the island's closed because of COVID the island's gonna be closed for two weeks and then she's like what um like what am i gonna do oh okay. no and so the like college kid like responds back to the fairy person and is and she's like what'd you say and he's like oh i told him that you're probably going to go back on the ferry that you're not going to stay and she's like why would you say that and gets kind of like her panties in a bundle and decides she's going to stay for me on the island for the Jesus. two weeks oh even god when the island is closing lockdown and so she like oh she gets off the island she goes to her hotel and of course the hotel is locking up and she's like no no like this is supposed to be my hotel like i have see i have it prepaid and everything part of the island is closed ma'am that you don't understand yeah and of course like the two women are like i think it's like somebody who, like works the front desk and like the housekeeper woman like they don't speak speak any english and so she's just like i don't like what am i gonna do what am I gonna do and it's like no cell reception on this island there's really spotty wi-fi <laughs> which is mainly at the hotel which they obviously shut off because why well, am I gonna pay for wi-fi when nobody's here like i have no but
1: guests you still pay for wi-fi if no one's there it's kind of how monthly bills work but
0: anyway i don't know maybe not there maybe either way, not yeah, sh- either way they shut it off in the end maybe oh, power great. i don't know but they should the be wifi. power yeah um and so she's like kind of in a panic fairy's gone and that was the last fairy off island like she's like what oh, in the world am i gonna do homeless <sighs> She has no place to stay. Oh, and her uh, luggage was lost, so she only has the clothes on her back and what's in her backpack, which like literally the
1: worst vacation ever.
0: Yeah, which had a toothbrush, toothpaste, a swimsuit, just in case you know she lost her luggage. That was what she decided to throw in. Like that's it. And so, like one not even
1: underwear. That's like the number one rule: always put a spare pair of underwear in your purse.
0: Seven at this point. Jeez. Um. And so, like, the woman who was the housekeeper at the um, hotel, like, kind of, like, pantomimes for her to follow, and she has, like, an apartment in, like, the back of her home, and she's, like, okay, you can stay here. It's nice. Like, like kind of, like, pantomimes that, And She's, like, okay, thanks. Um, and so, yeah, she at least has a place to stay. She has no food. She can't call Finn and even tell her that, like, what's, tell him what's going on, anything like that. And so, basically, for the next good chunk of the book, it's just, like, her on this island trying to, like figure things out she's like she like goes on a walk where there's like these turtles and they're eating these apples and she has no food so she like reaches for these apples that are poisonous and like this man who like is a local like comes and like slaps her hand and he's like shouting at her in spanish and it's basically like you're an idiot you do not see the 19 signs that are apple with like a circle and a red cross and like all big red writing but then they also translate it into english that is like poisonous apples the turtles can eat them you cannot
1: Oh
0: no. And like her hand is already blistering a little bit. From and, like, the poison spe- yeah, from the poison on these apples, I guess. That's wild. Yeah, like super quick. And so like he speaks English. And so they're of course like super snooty to each other. And then because she like borrowed a shirt that she found and he's like, Where'd you find that shirt? She was like, Oh, this woman is letting me stay in the apartment, whatever. It turns out that was his apartment and it's his mom. And then she like has like more run-ins with the girl that was on the ferry. Who like used to go to school off island and is now back mm. and is clearly upset about it. Um and so yeah all that is happening and like randomly throughout she gets like random spits of where she'll randomly get a signal or Wi-Fi or something and she'll get a whole bunch of email dumps in from Finn. And so Finn is in New York City at the heat but like the start of it where like literally like people are out here dying left and right. Like they had to bring in you know the refrigerator truck to literally cold bodies he hasn't he's working like 72 hour shifts oh my god and only going home to like pass out kind of a thing and like and for whatever he's like in his emails he's like explaining everything that's going on and so like you like can tell you tell through the emails like how bad the pandemic is progressing in new york city and like at first you're like why in the world is he gonna tell because literally he's like walking through like oh like we're starting to prone people or, like, and you, if you vent them, like, there, people don't come events really, like, that's scary. And, like, it's all these things that we know now, but like, we're actually happening. And at first, you're like, why would you email her? That's so weird. And then you realize he has nobody else to talk to.
1: Yeah. Like, he has the same like, together.
0: Yeah. He has like this few small people that he talks to during the day, but they're all doing the same thing. He doesn't need to conversate with them. And then he goes home. Like he doesn't have, and like what else is he gonna say when he's emailing her? He's like, "Oh, You've got we got nothing okay, else going on." Yeah, I wish you were here. Like, oh, well, actually, I guess he's like, "I'm glad you're not," but like, oh, what are you gonna do? And so, like, she starts writing like postcards to him because, like, she like, kind of befriends the eleven year old girl, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like I, I can get you stamps and I can like mail your postcards." So then, like, she's writing postcards nice. back to him. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of like what all these other things happen. Yeah, so basically, she ends up like befriending the eleven year old girl because she had like stumbled upon her when she was self-harming and um, so a little bit of trigger warning it's only like a little bit in the book that they talk about it um it does get brought up for like the small chunk that it's like really in the book they say it a lot um but it's not super Got prominent it. so let y'all make your own decisions on that one um <laughs> but yeah so she like is like super worried obviously well, this girl. So she managed to like kind of befriend her, sort of. Like it takes time, but like Patrice starts to warm up to her. And then um the dad who is because Patrice is the old woman's granddaughter and the mean um, man's daughter. Apartment, yeah. And that with the apartment owner, yeah. Um, and so like he starts to warm up to her, so they're like friends, they're like, Okay, like the two weeks like flies by and it's gonna be great. She's gonna go home. Well, because she also tries to like borrow his boat and he's like where are you going to go in my boat and she was like I'm gonna go back I'm gonna get a plane and he was like one we're on lockdown you will go to prison if you try right. to get off of this island and he's like you're not going home He's like one there are no planes two like there's no way that you're going to get from there he's like you're, you're going to go to prison if you try to get off like lockdown and also like curfews at 2 p.m there just Yay. kind of odd uh, but where is she again uh it's island in the island and then
1: Galapagos Galapagos, that's right okay
0: yeah yeah uh, but in the two weeks that she's there there's like no covid like she didn't bring it really she was like kind of her and uh patrice the 11 year old girl were like the only like fresh people i guess the fairy mm-hmm. guy if he came back i don't know that the fairy guy came back though um he may have stayed on the other side but yeah so she doesn't bring it thankfully i was really worried. Good. yeah you know, that's, like kind of that's a little bit of a spoiler but like that's not where the book goes thankfully um the book does not go to this entire island getting covid and all dying
1: website an entire island yeah
0: thankfully that would suck um it'll be a very different book uh, that's true yeah wrapping it up real quick it's not that short i promise uh but yeah so she like ends up like befriending them they like show her like all these like local places on islands because he used to be at um gabrielle the guy whose apartment it is like used to be a tour guide And so he like shows her all these like local swim holes and these hikes. She like climbs down the middle of a volcano with Patrice at one point, like all these really cool things that she gets to do. Uh, The two weeks comes up and it's extended unsurprisingly for like another two weeks. So this, yeah. So she ends up being there for like a month at this point. And I can't really tell anything past that of what happens Uh, Mm -hmm. halfway through the book. There is a huge twist that I did not see coming. Huh. from nine nine hundred i didn't see it at all it was because like you turn the page and like the next chapter is like one word and you're like what in the world is happening and then you're like what is what's is going on what's going on but um uh, but it was so good and like once you see where it goes the whole second because the first half of the book is a little slow because i mean it's literally just her on this island while everyone is back home living through this freaking pandolce, Like, like and so and she's panini. just off here like gallivanting around having the time of our life um so it's like a little frustrating sometimes and a little slow but like the second half and like what happens after that twist you're just like oh my gosh like you get so much better after that um i i honestly can't like really say anything. I mean, she like swims to sea lions. Like I can like talk about like, a, like the random little thing like that, that she does, you know, but like nothing else because I get it. everything that happens in that second half of the book, like if I told you a single thing from it, it would
1: ruin the entire book. Um, so was the first half, the kind of like boring or like in hindsight, you knew it was going to happen, but like, you remember what March, 2020 was like, like nobody knew what was going to happen. It's so, like, everybody was dumb about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like everybody just like la-di-da like we just have time off work like i yeah. mean that's the first yeah, kind of kinda. how it was for everybody so is it have that kind of vibe where like it really truly felt like march 2020 which is infuriating to future me <laughs> yeah yeah future kind of because yeah like she'd get like
0: the emails randomly from finn like i said they just like randomly would pop in or whatever and she like tried to call and facetime him but you know he's obviously working like 72 hours or sleeping she take it so. seriously they so they did wear masks on the island Okay. Um, And like for the most part, she followed the curfew, but then like when she she was hanging out with like Gabrielle on the hike, he'd be like, oh, we'll just leave, we'll bust curfew. It's fine. Um, And like after, I think like week three or four, the people on the island kind of started to relax like a little bit because also there's no boats coming to bring them anything. Like like basically quarantined. Yeah. So they have to like set up a market to like trade things and there are farms and stuff, you know, like some people have like little gardens and whatever, but they literally have to like trade resources for Ooh. like all of these things because like they don't have anything and so they're like lasting it like a little bit around like week three or four because they're like okay you know like mm-hmm. nobody new has come to this island and i don't know if they knew like the 14 day thing or like how much information they were given oh, because uh, yeah like there's like no like cell service there's like some landlines and stuff um there oh yeah there is also um i guess a trigger warning her mom so her dad had died couple of years ago um and her mom like wasn't like super in her life when she was younger she's like um a national geographic photographer or something like that so she's or maybe not National Geographic, but she's like going to like war zones and stuff and like phot- t- taking photographs uh, so she wasn't like really around and she like showed up a couple of years i think after her dad died somewhere in between there uh-huh. um with alzheimer's like fairly advanced and so she's like living in a home um so it is also kind of like a thing that's on her mind too is that she's like She's off on her lovely vacation, but like also us for the future now at this point know that like her mom is in a care facility.
1: Oh, that's so like rough.
0: Care facility. And it's like, and so she does kind of have like thoughts of that where she's like trying to mm-hmm. like email when she does have service or like call when she has. Like she manages to call at one point when she does have cell phone service, like up on the top of a hill. And they're like, oh, no we haven't had a single case. Everything is great. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, because there were some, not every single long term living home got hit, you know. So that right. one year, um, but just the a trigger warning of that, like if you can't even read books with parents with like Alzheimer's and stuff like that, um, it's not a huge part of the book, but it is in there, so that's important. Um, but one thing that I love about Jodi Picoult, um, and I've read a ton of her books, is that she researches them so 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 well. Like, so in the back of the book, like once you finish it and like kind of like the acknowledgments, she'll literally be like. These are the people that I talked to about um, what it was like working when COVID hit. These are, apparently it's based off, there was literally a person who got stuck on an island, like a vacation island when the pandemic hit. And she like interviewed him about like, what was that like to basically like become like, cause you're not a tourist anymore. Like at some point you kind of make the step over from tourist to local kind of issue, right. you know? like, and like interviews him and like. And like so she does all this and like in all of her other books too like there's one like she'll talk to like interview actual cops and like hey like if you were going to invest if you came up on this what would you do so they're so real well written um one thing about this book that i did not realize was going to hit me so hard was the march 2020 april 2020 flashbacks yeah. Like you're reading Finn's email about like the things that he's doing to having to do to his patients and all these people dying and these people being like stacked in the refrigerator trucks. And it's like, I was getting emotional. Like, ah. cause it's like, you know, like at this point we're like, we have pandemic fatigue. Like I, I just don't have the empathy. Like I can't care anymore. Standard now. Yeah. yeah. But like to have all those back to like, remember what it was like to hear all that coming out of that, to hear that, like, you know, your local hospital, like my local hospital mm-hmm. at one point had like one free bed, zero vents, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like this is terrifying. So like didn't realize how hard that was gonna hit. Because at this point, I was like, you're like, whatever. Ugh, it was fine. It was back then. Marvel. We made bread. It's great. And now it's just and then like you're reading all these things from his point of view, just being like, oh my gosh, like what? Hmm. Uh yeah, that'd be yeah. hard. Ten out of 10, five out of five, whatever you want to do.
1: Oh, Fantastic
0: book. Uh just be prepared for some emotions. Because also where, when Ooh. the twist hits you and where it goes, it's, going will break your heart, but not everyone on the island dies. Like it's, they don't, they don't all get COVID and die. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Cause that would be a, that'd be tragic. That'd be an interesting turn. Like, do they all turn to zombies? Like, is it zombie Everyone's Everyone like, like, it's over. Like, Cause also I said, that's halfway through the book that like, I can't stop talking. So you're sitting here like, well, what happens in the second half of the book? No, not, I get it. Not zombie, co- not COVID zombies. Oh, yeah. Sorry to spoil that to anybody who was really excited. Bummer!
1: I really thought that like suddenly Jody was gonna start writing zombie books. Yeah, like to hell with research. Who cares about real life? Right. Things have gotten weird. We're just gonna run with it. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of weird, let's talk about my book. Yeah. Oh, um. I've literally spent so much time. I finished it yesterday, so I guess only like a day. But like. Since I started this book, I've already been thinking about, like, how do I even explain what is going on here? Uh, So the book I did was Such a Pretty Smile by Christy Demeester. So I'll just get that out of the way. Um, It was interesting. I had no idea how they were going to tie together things. I texted Krista when I was halfway (laughs) through and I said there is only one of two ways this is going to end, which is schizophrenia or lycanthropy. I was right on both counts, but also not right on any counts. So (laughs) like, I'm just going to do what I can to explain to you what this book is like. It's, it's a trip, like it's a journey. So I can't really give you a lot of details, but I can tell you what it's about. Um, so this book jumps between 2019, um, and then 2004. So, I haven't really decided, like, do I tell you what happens in 2004 and then 2019? Like, I don't really know because it literally is like every couple of chapters, but it's not consistent where it's not like every other chapter or anything like that. It kind of just depends on where you're at in the current story. So I think I'm going to start with 2019 because that is the first chapter of the book. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in 2019. And then we're going to talk about what's going on in 2004. I'm going to try not to mix them up because (laughs) the gist of what's happening in 2019 is um so lila is the main character and she's 13 years old her mother is caroline and they live outside of atlanta lila is newer to the school that she's in um so she's having a hard time fitting in she has recently befriended a girl macy who she thinks is gonna like help her become popular you know um but lila is struggling with her sexuality lila is into macy but at 13 years old um macy's a huge dick so (laughs) yeah it's a it's a real issue because like another girl in their class got her hair cut short and macy ran her out of town calling her the d word oh yeah a little bit of slurries going around yeah yeah so there's definitely some stuff going on um i mean to be fair they're 13 years old but also i have higher expectations of 13 year olds these days so i would hope that a 13 year old would not act like this but also maybe she just has really crappy parents macy anyways so they're 13 years old Um, the first probably quarter of this book, I don't think it does really go back to 2004 because it really kind of wants to give you an idea of who Lila is. And I do think that this added to some of my confusion because I literally didn't find out like how both pieces come together until the last like eight pages, like Like it was wild. I was like, that's part of why I held on. It's like, I want to know how like 2019 and 2004 merge. So Lila is dealing with obviously her sexuality. She's trying to fit into a new area. She doesn't want to be unpopular. She wants to make sure that like, you know, she's doing all all the right things. So they spend a lot of time being inside of Lila's head in this first um, quarter where, you know, she's like, Oh, like, what am I dressed like? How do I shave? But right off the bat, it's very graphic. Like, the imagery that's given in this book is incredibly graphic. Like I literally on the first page was like, Oh, trigger warning, self-harm. It's not self-harm. She's just shaving and she cuts herself. And so there's blood in the water. Um, but, uh, this is a theme that sticks throughout where there's a lot of like blood and teeth and snarling and dogs. And like, it's weird. So Lila being a 13 year old, they get into a lot of interesting situations where Macy puts her into spots where she's not comfortable. Um, but basically what's going on in their town right now is that a girl has been found dead. Like that's the very beginning. So her and Macy are supposed to like hang out her mom's not into it because this girl was found dead recently. Right. And like, not just like, not just like murdered. Like they think it's an animal attack because like there are claw marks all on the inside of her thighs. Like this is like the first like couple of pages. Like this is very clearly like this book is very clearly like a metaphor for like coming of age, womanhood, and then also like the way that men treat women. Um, like to the point where I think that like maybe that was the point. Maybe that's why it was so confusing. Like maybe they were trying too hard to hit that metaphor. Like I'll get into it. But um, so a girl in their town was murdered. Like literally, it just looks like like teeth claws all in the inside of between her legs. Like pretty gnarly. Like I'm so sorry I just said that on a podcast. But like that's that's how this book starts. Like that's a, this entire book is like if that made you uncomfortable, please do not read this book. Do not continue. Do not pass go. Um, so. Lila is still trying to push those boundaries. She wants to spend time with Macy. She wants to be cool. Macy keeps trying to like hook Lila up with this like boy in their class, even though Lila is very clearly not into it. But Macy wants to be with this boy's older brother, who's like 16 years old. And I'm like, wow, this is incredibly inappropriate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but at 13, it's not at 13 though. Yeah, she's just like, he's cool. He thinks I'm cool, and I was like, no, he's a predator. Thank you. Um, but you know, or he's just like, okay, little little girl. Oh, oh no, yeah. he's into it. He wants oh. to like touch her little. Lady bits, no, or tiny lady it bits. It icky. It's icky. It's very icky. So there's, you know, obviously some inappropriate age grouping going on in this book as well. Most of this book is very uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. There were parts where I was like, I'm gonna close this for a little bit. Um, I
0: didn't tell you it
1: was gonna be dark. <laughs> you did tell me. You, I, you asked if I wanted it. Now it's like, yes, let's do it. I don't have any regrets. Um, so. What's really happening here, because I don't really want to tell you like all of the things that they do necessarily, because like I said, the journey is really interesting, but basically what's happening is that Lila is really struggling with like how she really feels about Macy. Um, And she's trying to like find ways to express herself, but she also talks a lot about how like she has these like internal like voices and there's this like inherent angst, which makes me think it has a lot to do with like the way that like women are told to act in in polite society, because a lot of times like this, like angry part of her doesn't come out unless she's feeling threatened or unless she's feeling backed into a corner. So like, I think it's really interesting the way that like, you kind of see Lila as she like gets these hormones, like kind of like evolve into this person who's like, I'm okay with being cruel because like, I've like, I'm done with this bullshit. Like I'm I, like, I want, like, I don't know what I want, but it's not this, like, So Lila's really struggling. Her parents are divorced. Um, her father has a new baby that was a preemie with a lot of medical issues. So she doesn't get any attention from him. And so like, that's really kind of how I saw Lila, like the way that they're trying to portray her at least is that like, clearly something's going on like mentally, like she talks a lot about hearing like dogs barking because there's this murder. Right. And there's like claws, like there's an animal out there. So like it comes into play a lot, like throughout these adventures that she goes on with Macy and then her interactions with her mom. Um, where like, she thinks she hears dogs and she loses huge chunks of time, which is why I was like, okay, so something, something going on here. Right. But like, we haven't jumped back to 2004 yet for me to get a lot of context. All we really know about her mom is that her mom left new Orleans. So they're, they live in outside of Atlanta now, but her mom's from new Orleans. Um, about 15 years ago, she left new Orleans. Um, she was with her dad there in new Orleans and, uh, her mom had like something happened hit Jazzland. Like her mom, that's like the only thing she's ever heard from her mom. Her mom mentions it probably like a third of the way through the book. Like she hears her mom on the phone with her dad talking about like, it's just like before. And then you hear about Jazzland. So like clearly something happened to her mom in 2004 that is similar to what's going on with Macy right now. What Macy knows is that her mother's been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So as you're going through this book, when you, you find that out um, like kind of early, this like alluded to, because they talk about like her mother being on medication and then like having had like some stuff in her past and that there's like a piece of her that's like broken, which is like oftentimes the way that people talk about people with schizophrenia, because like it's like the reality detachment can be a real struggle, right? And like, it can be hard to get um under control with medications and like 13, like Lila being 13, I'm like, okay, so she could be on the edge of a schizophrenic break. Like it's totally possible. Like the hormone change, like- So that's kind of where I'm at, right? We start to hear more about her mom as we start jumping back and forth um, to 2004 more regularly. So Caroline, her mother, is an artist. And she's not like a normal kind of mother or a normal kind of artist. She like... She likes to go on nature walks and then just whatever she can collect, like twigs and pine cones and branches and whatever weird things she can find. She makes it into something else because like they talk about the way that like, it's kind of like a weird beauty where it's like, you've taken something else and repurposed it into something that's both like terrifying, but interesting and delicate. Hmm, So like, I guess she has this like very inherent skill that they do describe some of her art and I don't really want to necessarily describe it. Um, because it's a little unsettling and also gives some information away later, but a lot of her art incorporates like, like teeth. Like I told you, like teeth comes up a lot, blood comes up a lot, like teeth. Like there's a lot of teeth. There's a lot of just like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the the author does a really good job of like making you feel that like discomfort of the way that they describe it. But I don't even know how to explain it without just like reading it. You know what I mean? Like, like it just makes you kind of uncomfortable. Um, But if you've ever seen art that makes you both intrigued and uncomfortable, then you'll probably understand what I'm talking about. So essentially she's a sculpturist who does that with natural items. Um, Back in 2004, when Caroline was living in New Orleans, so she was an artist, but she was having like a hard time with it. Her dad was in hospice care and um, she was engaged to Daniel, Lila's dad, and he was also a painter. So they both did art, different kinds of art, but she, he was always like kind of threatened by her because her art was better. Um, And so he started working for like an art gallery and started like kind of having like this more of like an artistic lifestyle where she didn't finish her schooling because her dad got sick. So she had to pay for him to go into hospice care, like that kind of thing. Like their lives kind of like took different turns, but he was always really threatened by the fact that like everyone that he worked with always wanted to know what Caroline was working on. Like they never Mm -hmm. asked him what he was working on. Like, yeah, he was there. Like he would sell paintings regularly. And she was just like, I don't understand why he's so threatened. Like he lives in that world and I'm out here. Like she was teaching art to like a 12 year old girl named beth whose mom was insistent that she just learned classical painting like so like she would go over there every day and be like oh great a new monet we're gonna try to replicate like she didn't even get to pick like what they did ever beth was clearly disturbed but also beth was not like they describe her as disturbed and this is why i kind of think um one of the big things in this is like just like the way that women react is like treated as like feral like when they've been pushed to it. So Beth got kicked out of school because some boy was bullying her and she punched him. Yeah, so she physical. punched him and so that's physical. So she got kicked out, but he got, he got detention. It's not fair for him to get detention when all he did was make fun of her and it's not her, his fault. He couldn't, she couldn't deal with it. But like Beth had that same thing that Lila has that like Caroline also has, where they just get this like innate rage, which is why I really feel like a lot of it is supposed to be like a metaphor for like the way society treats women. And like, if you get to the end, you see that like, it's absolutely the way that is. Um, But basically Caroline is living this life where she's teaching and caring for her father and going home. And she hates it. Like she hates that her fiance basically like wants to take away the one thing that like, she's ever felt good at. And like, he's threatened by her. And like, she, he just like, won't let her have it. She just one day starts like making something and he comes in the front door because she just like gets in the zone. And she's like made this beautiful tragic crazy thing but she's like sitting in the dark she just like gets so caught up in it she like literally isn't even looking at it anymore she just starts to like build like she just gets into this like trance and so she also in 2004 is losing chunks of time right and this is around the time where she gets her schizophrenia diagnosis um Daniel, like actively prevents her from being able to like sell her art and stuff, which is really infuriating. Cause she was like, Hey, I want to quit my job. Like I owe money on like dad's hospice. I'm not happy doing this. Like, can you see if your boss will buy my art? Like this piece that I made that you said was amazing. Like, will you see if she'll buy it? And he was like, yeah, totally. And he just like, keeps like being like, Oh yeah, no. She said she'd look later. She'll look later. She'll look later. And so Caroline gets fed up with it. So she calls the boss and she's like, Hey, like, I know that you're busy, but like, could you like, I really need the money. Like I got to pay for my dad's care. Like can you?" look at my art. And she was like, yeah, send me pictures. He hasn't said anything. She was like, "Hmm, weird. So she like sends the pictures and she buys it immediately for two grand, like immediately, like literally calls her back like 10 seconds later. So her art is obviously like well sought after, but clearly her relationship with her fiance is not strong. Um, in here is so during this time that she is in New Orleans is where Jazzland comes into play, right? Which is the piece that kind of ties together 2019. So Jazzland is supposed to be like a theme park, basically. That's basically all it is. It's just a theme park. Um, But I guess it used to be like really popular when Caroline was younger and she had apparently like been abducted from there when she was little, but she doesn't remember it. Like she doesn't remember that happening, but she knows that she's afraid of dogs. And like I said, dogs is something that Lila hears it's something that Caroline hears. It's like part of her schizophrenia diagnosis. So as an adult in 2004, Lila is hearing for the first time, or not Lila, Caroline is hearing for the first time that she had been kidnapped and that like her dad being kind of out of it, you know, and being in his age, kind of literally dying. Um, Like he won't really tell her everything because they thought it was better for her to have repressed it, but like they found her at Jazzland just like wandering. But there had been other murders around the same time that she had been missing that are similar to what Lila is seeing in 2019, which is like the women with their insides ripped out, like just like teeth, torn, like it's pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember where this exactly comes into play, I, but basically there were stories in the area of other women talking about there's a beast. Like there's a beast, and like all of these women, they just assumed it was like a mass hysteria thing because I guess Jazzland was built on a place where they used to hang women. So like literally hundreds of women have been hung there, and over the last you know few centuries, it hasn't happened obviously in a while because it's like you know 2004. But they basically like the area has essentially assumed that like women are hysterical. So they would just start medicating all the women in the area that said that they hurt dogs. that said that they experienced these kinds of things. And then you can see the same pattern resurfacing with Lila. She's not, she's not even in Louisiana though. Right. She's not in new Orleans. So it's like, how does this come into play? How the heck did Caroline experience something that Lila is seeing now? If it's part of her schizophrenia, like, There's just so much here. Um, They both describe like seeing a man whose face is like a dog. And like, there's a lot of like very uncomfortable, like hot saliva breathing, snuffling, snarling going on. Like heebie-jeebies. Right? It's very weird. So literally until you get to those last like eight pages, like it doesn't make any sense to me how it's gonna come together. Like once it did though, it made sense but it was such a confusing journey. Like I was so confused all the time. I was like, I don't understand how any of this is relevant. I'm like, (laughs) I don't get it. Obviously there's just trigger warnings all over the place for this particular thing. Um, but yeah, I really feel like that the gist of it was just like women have this deep anger because we're told to behave (laughs) like like, cause, cause that's supposed to be like the thing is it like the, the women who don't behave are being punished. Like that's, what's going on here. Kind of like, I'm not going to tell you how any of this happens, but essentially that's like the point is like the women who don't behave are being punished. And it comes up a few times earlier in the book when they're trying to kind of piece together, like what's happening here. Um, but yeah, it was super wild. Uh, I think I'm going to give it four stars just because it was really hard to track and the fact that like it all came together at the very end was great. Like I didn't see any of that coming. Like that's awesome. But like it made it really hard to track and like there were times I just had to take a break because of how like kind of gruesome things got. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like it, the book has very mixed
0: reviews too. Like yeah. some people are like, oh my gosh, Grace. And then some people are like, what in the world? I had to stop five pages in. Like what is and I get both. On? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's why I figured it was good because I was like, okay, if people have to stop like a couple pages in and some people are like screaming at the top of their lungs it's the best book ever.
1: I love reading books that like people are literally divided on because like Mm -hmm. it could go either way that way. Like, it's like, why are they divided? Like, what is it about it? And I definitely think it's the fact that like there is schizophrenia at play here. There's like a weird history at play here. It bounces back and forth between the two 15 year time chunks. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot going on. And then until you know, Like, it's so confusing. I'm just like, why did that happen? I don't understand how that happened. I'm like, where did that come from? But like, (laughs) it makes sense later. So I guess that's like, like as an author, like you nailed it because- if your goal was people didn't figure it out and people were trying to figure out the journey and I guess the whole point is the whole journey was confusing anyways like yeah I don't like
0: if it's supposed to be then like yeah nailed it so. yeah then you
1: nailed it but I'm just gonna give it four because it did make it like frustrating to like follow sometimes yeah. like I could get into like chunks of it where I would like get in the groove and like okay this is making sense and then I would hit something that I was just like that feels out of left field and I don't understand yeah like totally fair that's very understandable yeah but overall I thought it was really good like I don't think I've read anything that was this just like what what <laughs> what in a long time <laughs> yeah oh so great fun. pick yeah, great pick we'll have to do tradesies yes definitely our own.
0: um oh, i'm glad that we both had good ones yeah i was yeah, gonna that and another one for you so i'm glad glad i went with that one yeah yep. um we have a whole large lineup planned for the next couple episodes that we're really excited about so be sure to come back listen to those you can just check us out on our social medias is instagram is past your bedtime and twitter ifpyb underscore pod
1: also, check out our website, isn't it bedtime.com to see what's in the archive and what's coming up next.
0: Yeah, I think that's all we got for tonight. So let's go it. celebrate our birthday all month long. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy cake on on our behalf.
1: Cake and, on uh, me.
0: We'll, we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.